Romani is a magic maker, both through illusions and by manifesting her dreams. A truly inspirational woman who shares her incredible story of courage, determination and resilience. Romani shares in her book of her struggles with an eating disorder and how she overcame this to follow her dreams of becoming a magician and ultimately the first and only woman to ever win the World Magic Awards in Las Vegas. Pre-COVID, Romani was touring the world performing her one-woman magic show on luxury cruise ships and international shows. In 2018, she wrote Spun Into Gold, The Secret Life of a Female Magician, which gives an honest account of her journey to overcome her eating disorder and mental health issues and ultimately breaking the glass ceiling of a predominantly male-dominated industry. Romani also shares her experiences with perimenopause and how she was able to understand her symptoms through My Menopause Transformation Program with Dr. Wendy Sweet from Episodes 1 and 2 of the podcast. Amazing, and so I'm super happy that you're here today. Um, I'm introducing Romani, you are based in the UK, and um, you are the first and only woman, just let me get this right, to ever win the World Magic Awards in Las Vegas, and that's magic. (laughs) And I'm just going to, and there's there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes on in the middle, but then you, you also wrote your story, and it's called spun into gold yeah and at the end of most episodes I ask my guests to please recommend a book or a a reading Mm. a poem a song or a course and so we're just starting with that part so we are going to be recommending your book today on the show fantastic thank you Tracy that's it's, it's funny in this part of my life the thing that gives me the most joy at the moment is people reading my book and you know you know when something is right when it gives you joy Yes. And so when someone goes, I've got your book, I've read your book, I'm like, oh, and my heart opens. And, and so I, I feel like I'm on the right track. So thank you so much to get new readers, especially in New Zealand, because Wendy has been telling her clients all about my book. So we've got quite a lot of New Zealanders all reading the book, you know, and it travels all the way from wherever they print the book all the way to New Zealand. Yeah. Well, my sister read. read it. So she's like, you've right, got really? to check this out. And I'm like, I'm oh. sort of a little, I've just picked it up and I'm just going to start making my way through it because yeah. every time I ask someone to recommend a book they recommend a book and I get the book and then I'm, like, <laughs> I'm now behind I know, on my books I know, but I know. Just, I've got a list it's the best thing you know especially if you love reading so yeah. I'm gonna switch myself off and let you share your <laughs> incredibly inspiring story with the because we have viewers and listeners we're on YouTube and we're on like 15 podcasts so wow. please take the floor let's go Okay, so shall I basically pre let's have a, a pre-COVID, pre-COVID snapshot. I was actually in Fiji and I was doing a show. I was doing a show. It ended up being on the side of the ocean to 150 women who were at the ultimate um, girl retreats. And Elizabeth Gilbert was there. So Elizabeth Gilbert from Eat, Pray, Love and her agent from New York. And the next morning, we didn't, you know, what? I didn't sleep at all because I was so excited. But the next morning I did a, a, my new keynote speech to these women and it was amazing. And then that was a dream came true. And I met Elizabeth Gilbert. And if you read my book, you'll know why that's important. But then I came back to England and I had a whole year ahead of what I do, which was um, to be a headline act on seaborne cruise ships, which go around the world. And I would do two shows a week on that and hop on and off all the time. 
And then I would MC events and do private parties and basically have a very, very eclectic um, year of lots of travel. I was always on a plane, you know, probably not good for global warming, but um, I made up for it this year. And, and this, what I was going to be doing this year was my life's dream since I was a little girl. Of course, I didn't know that I was going to be a magician. Um, when people said, what do you want to be? I was like, I want to be Judy Garland. But what I wanted, because I watched all those wonderful films with Judy Garland and Sid Charisse and Liza Minnelli and Gene Kelly and all those, I wanted to be um, singing and dancing on a stage in the spotlight. And then more than anything, I wanted to put on my makeup in the mirror with the lights around it, with the dressing room, with my star on the door and preferably people bringing me flowers. That yeah. was the dream. Yeah, and we, if, we, we had a quick catch up earlier and we talked about um, our, our connection of how we both played Louise for- In Carousel. Um, Carousel. <laughs> so isn't yeah. it incredible? Like, and so everything you're talking about right now, I am feeling that. Yeah. So it's, it's so many little girls dreams you either yeah. got horses or you've got ballet yeah. shoes and my mother if you can put it in context my mother was brought up in the in the british second world war she was a refugee i.e they sent the children off to they weren't called refugees of course something else <laughs> but they sent the children off to the country and she didn't get a very good education and she left school at 14 and so when I was a stage little girl, she wanted to give me everything. So I went to dancing lessons, drama lessons, piano lessons, singing lessons, everything. And so I was going to be a star. But when I was 15, and this was where my life changed, really. When I was 15, I got the part of Louise in Carousel, which has got a ballet. And I've always been, I, I'm 10 and a half stone, which I don't know what it is in pounds. It's um, 65 kilos and I'm five foot five. So I'm sort of the very average build. You know, I'm strong, I'm, you know, not good for a ballerina. You know, it's just not. And so at the age of 15, I stopped eating. Well, I didn't stop eating. I, I started to remember 20 satsumas a day because if you take the time to peel them very slowly. So there I am, I'm 15, I'm finally thin. And for Louise, I had cheekbones, I had shoulder bones, and I was this ballet looking person that I'd always dreamt of. But of course, as we know, as, as women, maybe men, the moment after you've been on a crash diet, the moment you start eating again, poof, it all goes back on. And for me, more went on. And I think at the age of 17, I was probably about 11 stone, a stone more than I ever been in my life. And, and suddenly I can't dance anymore because we were wearing those like for leotards in those times. And I had suddenly a cracking pair of bosoms and you know what, it, it's just not ballet. Yeah. Oh, I can completely appreciate. So as you're talking about this, and I think that a lot of listeners and viewers will also relate. Now I'm not saying that, you know, all of us as little girls that wanted to be on stage had some kind of eating disorder, but there have been things that have happened in all of our lives that we can relate to the pressure mm. of, you know, eating versus not eating versus wear this size 10 versus be happy in size 14. So I feel yeah. like a lot of people can really relate to what you're talking sure. about. And yeah. you just brought something up in me, if you don't mind me sharing. So I didn't have the eating issues when I was a teenager dancing, and this is our similarity. Um, we both, you know, danced on stage as teenagers and wanted to be a star and all of that. I actually went into the fitness industry and right. entered things like Miss Fitness competitions. And that right. included a very stringent, very strict diet 
and I'd never done that kind of thing before. And so you are getting your calories down to 1200 a day and you're training three hours a day right. just to get this, you know, um, for a girl, 8% body fat, which is completely unrealistic to sustain. And yeah. so the, from my first competition, the, the, the minute I finished and went off stage and gorged myself on all the things I hadn't eaten for three months, I packed on 10 kilos and it completely messed with my head. So that's what I can say, like even oh, yeah. through the fitness industry, there's that moment where you're always constant calorie counting, you're thinking, well, I look good yesterday and now I don't look good today. So I think a lot of women, whether it's growing up as a dancer or getting into the fitness industry can completely relate to your story. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'm 52 now. So when I was growing up, Jane Fonda was it. And also Miss Kalanetics. Do you remember Miss Kalanetics? And and so I would get up before school and do their things. But you could never be as thin as Jane Fonda. And never. And 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 I say this in the book that, you know, I used to write down everything I ate in my food diary. But some, in England, we'd have Sunday tea and that was, you know, cake and sandwiches and, and there I am with a bit of Rivita and a cheese triangle. When you're 16 or 14, and of course, of course, that completely screwed me up. And it took me till I was 50 <laughs> to get my head right. Um, yeah. but anyway, but, but in terms of my history as an entertainer, it stopped there. It stopped there. I didn't get to um, audition for dancing schools. I got sent to university. And by the time I was 22, after university, I had a proper job with British Telecom. But of course, um, the eating disorder morphed into bulimia. Um, unfortunately, I read a magazine which said this was a good idea. I thought at the time, it's a fantastic idea. You can eat whatever you want and stay slim. Of course, after what, 30 years of it, it's not a fantastic idea. I do not recommend it. But that's what took hold. And it basically made all of my 20s just really a nightmare, really. I was, and, and when you talk about the fitness industry, because I wanted to be um, slim still for dancing, because I discovered salsa dancing. And so finally, there was a dance where you didn't have to be thin. And I got obsessed. And I got so obsessed, I found myself a Colombian dancing partner and I won the 1992 UK Salsa Dance Championships or something. Holy like shit. I know, I know. But, you <laughs> know, I went every that. night. I, I went to BT all day and then I went dancing. It was wonderful. And oh, we would come to our cars on blistered feet. Yeah. It was the best. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to be thin. So I would get up in the morning, have my personal trainer do his really hard circuit classes, then lift weights, then do my BT job, then cycle home, then dance all night. Of course, no one told me I had to sleep. Of course, by the age of 26, I, my brain goes, I have a total breakdown and I have to return home to my parents because I can't use the phone, let alone sell one. Um, I can't talk to anyone. I have agoraphobia. All I can do is sit in my childhood bedroom going, you know, a few expletives, what just happened? And that was the brilliant turning point. It wasn't a very happy turning point, but it was the turning point, which so many of us women know when, I, I keep wanting to swear because I do, but I won't. So when um, something- But I have like in every episode, so. <laughs> okay, okay. I was gonna say, so when the shit hits the fan, yeah. that's when you go, something has got to change. This is not working. And so you imagine me sitting on the edge of my childhood single bed, looking at the shut door for three months going, something has gone badly wrong. 
what went wrong? What went wrong is that I followed everyone else's advice. Now, yes, I couldn't go to ballet school because I was too fat, but everyone said, you must get a good job. You must do this, you must do this. And I did it. No, my heart wanted to be on the stage. It's all I ever wanted. And, I, and so in that moment where I really couldn't do anything, I was like, uh -huh. I was like, bugger everybody else. Fuck them. I am going to be on the stage. No, I don't know how. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but I am going to do it. And I'm not going to do a damn thing until that happens. I.e. I'm not going to do anything else. Listen to anyone else. Do what anyone else says. I'm going to do that. And that I was furious. I was furious. And so when my lovely father said, well, why don't you get a bar job until you at least earn some money? I was like, I didn't give up a very good salary and a corporate career to do any, to get a bar job or anything else. I'm going to do this until, until I'm a success. So that gave me the fire, but I didn't know what to do. And I'd done juggling at university in a club. And so I said, I'm going to be a juggler. <laughs> and everyone was like, you're going to do it, be a what? I'm going to be a juggler. And they say, you can't make money juggling. I'm like, watch me. I'm going to be a juggler. And I ended up being a juggler. I married a juggler and we went around the world. And if you put Cobble Comedy Company into YouTube, or maybe you can edit it in, you can see me juggling and standing oh on God, your shoulders, juggling fire. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to see if I can get really good and edit that into our video. <laughs> well, I, I haven't managed that sort of skill. So if you can do it, I'll get someone I know who can do it. Yeah. Do it. But anyway, you can see me standing on my German sh sh husband's shoulders in Austria, going around the world, juggling fire. Um, and on the way, I learned magic. And so, but that was why I did it. And however, the thing was that the eating disorder never went away because I wanted to be thin on stage. Um, when I got into magic, I had this beautiful vision of me, you know, with graceful arms, moving gracefully, looking beautiful. And if you look at nearly all the women in magic, they're all beautifully thin. I mean, they, unfortunately, they, the, the women that were successful in magic when I was learning it, they are all naturally thin. One was Asian, she was beautiful, and naturally thin, you know, and, but I was struggling still. So every time, and of course, as, as, as most women know, the moment you try to diet, it all gets more difficult. So I was doing three hours exercise a day, watching what I was eating. It just kept giving fire to the eating disorder. I don't know whether this is a thing, but in this year that I have not had to put on that costume, I've not had to worry on stage, I've freaking lost a kilo. And I haven't done any exercise. I mean, this is not a recommendation for health, but I have stopped exercising. I do a bit of a walk and I eat what I like and I've lost a kilo. Yeah, What's so why do you think that is? I mean, has, has it occurred? In, in my, my head, head yeah. right? I'm not yeah. thinking, I've got, to, I've got to lose weight, got to lose weight, got to be in the correct size. I've just totally relaxed around it. And that, that I think is the key to getting a much more healthy relationship with food. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with you. I mean, I would definitely say in my calorie counting days, that was my worst time. I yeah. can also look back on it and think that was not good. Here I was kind of condemning everyone that did have it, or well, not condemning, but being judgmental yeah. about everyone that had sure. what is typically an eating disorder, 
but up in my head I'm counting the calories of everything that's right. going into my mouth which is yeah. just as bad and now I couldn't tell you <laughs> what right. that is no and no I think it comes to your maturity around eating and food comes with just eating because you feel hungry and you know that this is nutritious and it feels good when it goes inside right. your stomach and when it's inside and now I feel like as I'm aging um, and I'm I have such a good relationship with that word. <laughs> so, you know, hence, you know, getting into a podcast on sexy right. aging. I have such a good yeah. relationship with aging because what it, it has taught me, especially with food, and since we're talking about our relationship with food, um, I am like super conscious of the food that's going into my body and how it makes me feel. Yeah. You know, like I understand that it is fuel and it helps me get through the day and I can achieve what I want to do and it helps me stay mindfully well as well but it's it's interesting to be able to look at food and go I love that food because it makes me feel good sure it's quite a simple you know something though I'm laughing in, in my head is because last night I think I ate some hula hoops oh do you know what hula hoops is hula hoops is an English crisp yeah. do you have it I, I do we do have them here but I my son he sees them on the um in the supermarket and he goes right. I want these but he's never had them yeah <laughs> So they're, oh my they're my favourite crisp. I, I'm not really a crisp eater, but they're my favourite crisp. They're the sort of crisp your mother gave you to take on the school trip. And they're round. And as a kid, you'd put them on your finger. <laughs> anyway, because my whole life I wasn't allowed to eat hula hoops, I now eat hula hoops. And I really, it was only a small bag, but I, I've, I'm so enjoying, even though I know they're not very good for me, I'm really enjoying the relaxation around that. And the fact that I, I'm allowing myself to. It's almost like letting that little girl eat freaking hula hoops. Now, we're not yeah, going to eat them all day. Yeah. And if you do it's eat them all day, I remember in lockdown, I was like, I can have hula hoops for dinner in the first week of lockdown. I'm like, I'm on my own. No one's here. I can eat hula yeah. hoops. I can have four packets for dinner. And then you soon found, actually, they make you feel bad. <laughs> so I get well, what I you're saying. You know, if we go back to the magic, you can just make them disappear. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I do. Yeah. yeah. So... So when I do my keynote speak to people, I say from that moment of being 26 and saying I'm going to be a performer to winning the World Magic Awards was 17 years. And that was 17 years of never giving up. And so I would use all the techniques in the books, all the affirmations as I was cycle, because I was cycle for hours. I would say, I am a world star of magic. I am a world star of magic. And then in the boxing wow. class, I'd say, I'm a world star of magic. I'm a world star of magic. I would just do it constantly and constantly visualize this beautiful show where my audience were like, ah. And, and the motivation was that, you know, as, as adults, I never did children. I never, I didn't have children and I I've never really been around children. So my whole motivation, I realized that adults were so worried all the time and we're unhappy. Yeah. I think children are happier than we are. Um, and so it was to get that adult to forget their worries for a while and just remember how magical this world really is that yeah. was my job and I still think it is my job I think magician's job is to remind everyone else that you are the magician of your own life mm. that That's is so my special. job to I mean, remind you I'm sitting here I've got goosebumps <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's so true though because I you know I'm sure lots of your listeners and watchers we you know, well, we do create our own reality by how we think, by how we speak, by how we act. And therefore, you're a magician. But 
if you do it consciously, then it's even more exciting. So yesterday in the morning, I write down, I'm, I write down what I want to manifest. If I get off that habit, my life doesn't go very well. And if I do it for five minutes, it goes really well. And I've just bought a little cottage in the Lake District in England. It's, you can see the stones. These are from 16th century. Built in 15 something. They're very old. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking in all the fairy tales, there'd be like a, like a, a, a higgledy-piggledy sign outside the cottage in the country saying the something cottage. And I, in, my, in my imagination, I thought the enchanted cottage. And I wrote down a picture of that in my notebook. I'm not kidding you. The doorbell rang, the postman arrived. I've got a, a package. I open it up and I've got, I should have got it. I've got a pink sign because I quite like pink called the Enchanted Cottage that my friend has sent me. And I didn't mention to her. Wow. So that's mani- I, I was like, manifestation. That. Yeah. But we can all do that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not magic. That's something that we all have within us if we can tap into it, right? So, well, I mean, yeah. it is magic in a way because it's it real magic. It's when it happens, yeah, it's beautiful and soulful yeah. and all of that. But yeah. so I, I feel like, this is one thing that we spoke about a bit earlier uh, well, last week, but you know, it still resonates with me is that as we do mature, our belief in ourselves um, becomes mm. so sure, like yeah. the belief that you're doing what you're meant to be doing and that you have this purpose and whether it's going to make you a million dollars or whether it's going to make you famous or, you know, irrespective of those things, even right. though, if you're able to manifest those and stay focused and it takes you 17 years and you get there anyway, but you do it because you do it from a really deep place of knowing and there is no other thing that you'd rather be doing. And you and I spoke about that last week. Um, So when I hear your story and just, you know, how you've achieved what you set out to do, Mm. it's just magnificent. (laughs) It's true. And I would add on this. So I'm a big fan of Elizabeth Gilbert. And once she did a talk And then when she went home, she got a note from a woman that said, I have never had a specific dream. And when you talk about reaching a dream and da da da, I feel like, well, I've never had one. And so I think it's really important here. So that if it was your dream to be the best mother or let's say a mother, leave best out. Maybe it was your dream to create a beautiful family. My mother's dream was to create a beautiful house and she polished the parquet every morning and made it really clean so that it was a lovely home for her family. And her dream was to keep us safe. So I'm very lucky. I had a dream and it was a very visual dream and the world star of magic, blah, blah, in feathers. I mean, you couldn't miss me. But many other people have maybe a more subtle dream and that's also totally precious, you know, Exactly. And and I think like you hold on to that dream and you learn the art of manifestation, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditation, whatever tool it takes to help you bring that dream alive. Um, I feel like, yeah, it's just probably the last couple of years, even though I'm going through um, menopause and it kind of messes with me (laughs) in lots of different ways. One thing that I can say is that I am 100% confident, and I'm not saying that in an arrogant way, I'm just 100% confident that we are doing what we're meant to be doing. And so when I met you and we spoke last week, I felt like, well, I've met someone that gets why she's supposed to be here, why you're here on this earth. Exactly. But isn't it interesting right now? 
because I can't work anymore. So the cruise ships are not sailing. I've not performed since February 2020, since Fiji. Um, and in England, we're still locked down. And our, our, I usually work to 1,000, 2,000 people all crammed in together. So I can't do what I did. And, and actually, I've been offered work back on the cruise ships. And I said, no. And I told the agent it was because I'm getting a rescue dog and I want to stay home with the rescue dog. But it's not because of that. It's because I feel I should be doing something different. It's I've done that. I've made people laugh and all that. But now I have a really bigger sense at the moment with COVID, everybody has suffered. Everybody has got more anxious, more fearful, the children, for God's sake. And my speciality is to... Um, Talk to people. I've been scared and fearful my whole life. I've learned how to follow my joy. I've learned how finding things that make you happy changes your life, makes you more healthy and puts you on track and gets you out of anxiety. I had to find my way out of anxiety. So now I now what I feel I need to do in the next 10 years, at least, is tell people how they can be happy, um, advise people how they can find their joy, because, oh, my God, we are so going to need it this year, yeah, next year. Yeah, I, I a thousand percent agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, and anybody that has spoken to, to you know, or had a conversation with me, that word joy frequently comes up in the conversation because I feel that that's ultimately what we want to feel on a daily basis. Yeah. But we are so impacted by what's happened, right? But I feel like because we focus on that and we know that that's the way you need to live, but we have all these youngsters coming through and they don't have that same focus. Right. So I agree. Right. So what's your plan? Right. So my plan. And when you say youngsters, so I have a real memory of, so when I was in this eating disorder, desperate, basically killing myself, let's, let's be honest. And I went to Waterstones and I would look in the book category and there was nothing. There was, all right, there was like, this is what bulimia is. And, and then the book said, you are killing yourself if you continue. I was like, oh, great, for fuck's sake. Did not make me happy. So I decided I wasn't going to write the book about that. I wasn't even going to tell anyone. But then I thought, I'm now healthy at the age of 50. The 20-year-old person I was, the 30-year-old person I was, I need to tell that person how to get out of this absolute trap. I absolutely need to do that. And at the time, I had told nobody I, about five people knew this about me. Nobody knew this about me. I wasn't going to tell anyone because I thought people wouldn't book me. I thought people wouldn't like me, et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought if I help a couple of young women, then I don't care if people don't book me, then I don't care. And then the opposite was true. Everyone was super nice to me. Of course, no one cared whether I was or not and kept booking me. And then 70% of my female readers wrote and said, that's their story too. And then gave it to their daughters. So my plan is, um, um, I said, since I'm a magician, I will find a million readers of Spun into Gold. A million is like a magical number. If you can get a million of anything, then, then how on earth did I do it on my own power? It must have been magic. It must have been angelic help. It must have been being in the right place at the right time. It must be magic. And I'm a magician. So that's my latest trick to find a million readers. Um, and... The other thing was, is that each time I put my compass in my life on joy, doing magic, despite the money, um, doing this, despite the money, 
going somewhere, despite all my friends saying, are you crazy? That each time I've done that, magic has fallen into place and things have happened that you couldn't have dreamed possible. My favorite quote is um, something like, follow your dreams and doors will open where there were only walls. You know, like there was no way that this was gonna happen. There was no way that I was gonna meet Elizabeth Gilbert and be on stage with her. But I was in Fiji last year because I kept following my joy. So that's what I want to tell everyone. You've got yeah. to find what makes you happy. And we are talking about dancing in the kitchen to your favorite song. We are talking about if it makes you feel happier to wear pink, freaking wear pink, dye your hair pink, whatever it is. Yeah. Do whatever it is. If, if you love gardening, garden. Because my, in my life, whenever I've done that, then things have fallen into place. You know, get a new puppy. Yeah. And then well, it was I won the competitions after I got a new puppy, after I spent a full smortune on a beautiful plants for my garden. So so basically, I just want to tell everyone to follow their happiness, because what is yeah. life about if you're not happy? Money. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, goal. and we've lost half of it. So we get to say for all the things that we've learned and we're talking about it all the time and. And Ning, who was in episode seven, which launched just yesterday. So if anyone is listening to the podcast, has the exact same message as you, which mm. is if you want to sing, sing. If you want to write a poem, do it. If you, you know, like, and I think that that's one of the most amazing things about everyone that is coming on the podcast is we are at that stage in our lives that we believe we do not have any more time to waste. You know, really we've got all these things happening around us. Yes, it's it's challenging. But what we do know is deep inside us that we do not have any more time to waste on this one shot at life and set your compass to joy and go hard on that. So yeah. I think that's... Uh, yeah, best. and I'm going to add something because I have been guilty in the last year because I was totally isolated in a cottage with just online. Yeah. And so I got involved in a, a bit of a political thing. Basically, our, our government didn't give the artists hardly any money. Oh. You know, like the government <laughs> were the world money. Well, they didn't give the artists any money, so they didn't give me any money. And so I was campaigning. I was doing a lot of PR, which is actually was good for the book. But I was therefore watching the news. And this depleted me of my joy. And I started worrying and I started getting angry. I mean, righteously so, but it, it doesn't, righteous or not, doesn't help you. And the husband would come home and go, why are you getting so upset? And I'd say, but it's, oh, what the? he said, if that's, even, if that's true, look at you, you're getting upset. So my discipline at the moment is to absolutely turn the news off, try not to get involved in Facebook and, and get out in the countryside, walk, garden, bicycle, put on music, paint, because this is what is going to save us. I mean, literally save us. Because when I was watching the news more, I was getting a, a physical pressure on my chest. And I started getting paranoid that I was like going to get a heart attack or something. No, yeah. that's anxiety through watching the news. Yeah, no, I agree Turn with you. Turn yeah. it off. Yeah, and because get out in the sunshine. Get out in the sunshine, get out, move, eat well, do everything that you have learned by the time you're 50, 40, whatever, you know what is good for you. Yeah. Tonight, the husband and I are starting yoga or stretching because we're walking like two old crocs and we're very lazy yeah. about it. You need your tonight. mobility. This is the time. If you can't yeah. look over your shoulder as you're driving, <laughs> you need to, you know, get down and right. do some. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that, but yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, I remember a time I would have only been like 46, 
47, I'm driving along and I quickly turned my head and, you know, like got that little pain. I'm like, oh, that's where it all begins. But right. I, I mean, I do practice yoga and yes. I find that it's also, you know, the stretching and not just the stretching, but the breathing and the mobility aspect of it really does help with um, a lot of things for me. Mindfulness okay. and physically helps to balance out my anxiety. And I don't get a lot of it, but obviously we've all experienced it in the last yeah. um, you know, yeah. 18 This year hasn't helped. <laughs> <laughs> but also what 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 is is now our goals you know i want to be one of those women with long white hair up in a bun with you know beautiful flowing clothes and things like that who right who can, her leg right yeah who can do the splits i mean that is yeah. maybe not the splits but you know um and and it's so funny because i've applied for a grant from the arts council and the show i have in mind i'm going to wear comfortable clothes for my whole career, if you look at my, my, if you look at my website, which is romanymagic.com, you can see me in costumes. Yeah. Do not be thinking they are comfortable. No, they're not and, comfortable. Mm -mm. And the reason I look so lovely and slim is because I get myself in this really tight corset, two pairs of tights, high heels, eyelashes. And when I take that corset off and when I used to take it off, I would have red welts. Yeah. And I did that because it did look beautiful. In my next show, uh -uh, I'm having a beautiful robe. I'm wearing flat <laughs> shoes. I'm going to have a little hat. I'm going yeah. to be so comfortable because that's what we learn when we get older. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, Hi. and one of our one of our similarities is that we obviously going going back full circle in this conversation is that we were introduced through Wendy, and. <sighs> So I'm going to take this opportunity yes. to ask you about your experience with yes. perimenopausal menopausal symptoms for the yes. for the listeners that do tune in because they obviously are they get so inspired by the guests that I have. But one of the things that grounds all of us and brings us up all together is the the mire right. of menopause. So how are you going? <laughs> so let's go back to last May. I got locked yeah. in a Buddhist monastery because my husband's into the Buddhist. So I got locked into the monastery and um, there's a long story, but I'm gardening. I'm not gardening. I'm heaving bushes around. And in my mind, it's a workout. But at night, I'm having hot flush after hot flush after hot flush. I ache all over. And, and when I gave up that gardening for three months, I returned to my cottage and I can't move. I can't, everything hurts. I'm just lying on the sofa, got anxiety through the roof and the scales are going up. So my, my happy weight, 66 kilos, anything below that, woohoo! above that, the costume starts to not fit. Now I'm 68 kilos and it's freaking going up, even though I'm cycling and I'm, and I'm in a right old panic. And somehow, thank you, thank you, angels, thank you, God, Wendy's advert comes down on my Facebook feed. And I watch a two hour seminar and I'm like, oh, this is it, this is it. I, I pay up straight away. And I'm so relieved and I start doing what she tells us. And within I mean, a month, two months, I am a new woman. You know, yes, you know, it doesn't go away, does it? And I'm still having hot flushes, but the aches and pains are going. But more than that, I, I'm in the Facebook community. Everyone else is saying the same thing. And I realize that what I'm suffering from is not, God knows what, I'm going to die, <laughs> but yeah. the menopause. And I really put it into action. And the best thing was that Wendy talks about getting up in the morning, going for a walk. 
stop exercising at first because your whole body is so inflamed, which mine totally was after 30 years of three hours a day extreme exercise. Mm -hmm. um, just go for a walk. What a relief. So I just went yeah. for a walk for an hour on the beach. Da, da, da. Suddenly, not suddenly, my weight starts plateauing. And now a year on from absolutely doing everything that Wendy says, apart from the hula hoops, <laughs> maybe a bit of chocolate. A quite a few, you know what? Quite a few things that, that we're not going to tell Wendy about, but I do everything else that she tells us. All the food, the exercise, everything. And, and now look, I, I can put on my costume easily. I'm a, a kilo good. less than my 66 happy weight. Yeah. I, I, you know, you know, it doesn't go away but I'm so much happier um, yeah. and I have tools. That's the thing. So, so if the inflammation goes up, if the sleeping gets worse, then cut out the chocolate, cut out the hula hoops, up the water, up all the vegetables. And so I'm so, so grateful for her. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing. I've, I mean, I've definitely heard so many amazing things and I'm so grateful that I have that connection with her because I learned from her I've learned a lot and been able to apply a lot yeah. personally as yeah. well so yeah I think it's crazy it. that no one else I, you know I didn't find anyone else that has this information and is doing all the research I mean as you know as a sports um, professional I had a personal trainer I had a personal trainer pre-covid twice a week um he knew nothing about menopausal women mm -hmm. no he didn't no. work Apart yeah. from me losing all my money, it didn't work. And yeah. so Wendy has all this information about what we need as menopausal women, what we need to exercise, what we need to eat. And it's fascinating and so useful. So yeah. I would just, I'm, so I'm going to advertise Wendy here. If you are not on her program and you are menopausal, premenopausal, get on her program, join the Facebook yeah. community. We're really fun, but yeah. just do it because yeah. you just have to have to oh that's that's an awesome endorsement for wendy and mm. of, of, of course i'm i'm highly in praise of her yeah. as well and i want to finish off tonight's interview with um just my own personal endorsement for your book spun oh. into gold and we are going to help you our community are going to help you get to a million yeah. uh, readers um yeah. i, believe I want that. to show you the, the front of it because it makes me laugh <laughs> because i have I'm, I'm the person that oh um, i'm the person that i can't wear white jeans if I put on white jeans I will drop tomatoes down them immediately but I made the book white and gold it's red on the back and it's got a plastic cover <laughs> but um but it makes me laugh but it's got and this I took this this is the picture of one of my costumes oh, you see so you can imagine why I wanted to be slim for that but yeah. um move, it's move over Naomi Campbell <laughs> right well luckily the designer gave me really long legs but yeah. what I love about it the people say that after the reddit they believe that the world is a more magical place and they're more inspired and motivated to find their joy, which is like, okay, that's, that's my job beautiful. done. But yeah, thank you is, for telling your, your listeners. Done. Thank you so much. It's just been awesome to spend some time <laughs> with you. And I know that our listeners and viewers are going to be so inspired. And um, I'm going to push pause, but you and I can keep talking. Exactly, we can. Exactly. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed hosting it. I love that there are so many generous women willing to share their story and expertise to help and inspire all of us going through the mire of menopause. If you enjoyed this episode, please check the show notes to follow my guest. All their details are there. And if you want to stay connected for further episodes, 
please like, subscribe, review, and of course, share with your friends. It's through your support and feedback that I can continue to produce episodes. Aroha nui.